Welcome to the show, everyone. In the studio with Adam Conk, talking art of living. Paul George, great to be with you, man. So good on this great day, <laughs> holy day, blessed day. It is a great day, holy All day. All Saints Day. It is, which we'll get into. Uh, man, it's what what a whirlwind. Um, I, I just got to get right into this. Oh, all right. So it is All Saints, and which means we just had Halloween, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> I want to see if you if you've seen this. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though. So, uh, do you guys trick or treat at all? Or yeah, yeah, your, we went last night. Your kids destroy the candy; they love it. Yeah, um, it's all about, it's all about the candy. Uh, so I was watching. Uh, really, they they had these videos coming out. I uh, saw online this this dad really wanted some candy, <laughs> but he didn't want to go <laughs> trick or treating, and um, and so he. Um, it looks like he has a kid dressed up as Spider-Man. You know, it looks like a three or four-year-old kid. He And the kid's at the door of this house, and they're giving the kid candy. So it's full Spider-Man costume, mask, and everything. So the, the people give the kid candy, and then the dad picks up the kid and walks away. Well, it's a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> and they thought, they thought the kid was real. It's, oh it's really funny because the dad just picks up the mannequin, puts it on his shoulder, and goes to the next <laughs> house. <laughs> and I'm like... That's when you're desperate for candy. Yeah. I mean, as a grown-up, can't you just go buy candy? But I guess the thrill of trick-or-treating. I guess it's the thrill. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, do you do you have a favorite candy? <sighs> Are you a parent that steals your kid's candy? Like, you just kind of go in there. Oh, their- totally. Well, like, for example, last night, we're walking from door to door, mm-hmm. you know? Every time they come back, I say, give me one. <laughs> and they pick which one. I don't care what you give me one. Give me one of those. So I'm eating candy all night. Sure. So if you if you could only get one candy, Paul, you gonna do this to me? You gonna do this to me, Paul? All right. Let's say Snickers, because it's substantial. Mm. You got stuff in there, right? So if I got one, I'll go with that one. But if I have lots, I love me some dots. Dots? What's a dot? You don't know what a dot is? No. A dot is like this gummy thing that gets stuck in your teeth <laughs> it's it's shaped like a thimble oh yes i know exactly mm-hmm. what you but you eat it like you all said, day you said thimble and i was like yeah, yeah i know it but you eat it all day because it's stuck in there <laughs> which is what i love uh when i was a kid we celebrated halloween and you know whatever i was never really in it. but my grandma had this tradition uh bless her soul which you know all souls day was yesterday and all saints day i remember my grandma she had this tradition we go over to her house, and uh, she made corn balls. Have you ever had corn balls? Corn balls. I think that's what they were called. They were like oh, like popcorn popcorn balls. balls. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, popcorn with like caramel, and they would stick together, mm-hmm. and it's this huge ball. And I would just sit there and eat that, and then that's pretty good. Everyone else would go trick or treating. <laughs> Y'all go get that stuff. Yeah. I'm good. I'm gonna have popcorn balls. That's pretty good. Yeah, that also gets stuck in your teeth. That did, and sticky I, popcorn. It, exactly. Dude, our, our dentist listeners are furious right now. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you promoting this stuff on air? You need to stop. Well, I mean, I do have <laughs> dentist friends who are probably listening who I just said, you know, hand out business cards, man, like as you go to <laughs> That's door true. to door. That's you true. Know? Getting you business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes, Halloween, uh, All Souls Day was yesterday. Well, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, I mean. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm getting confused on our days because we record on Friday. Um and we had all Halloween. Yes. You know? Well said. And then uh, then we're all Saints Day. It's a great few days. It's a it's but most a lot of Catholic people don't really think like it's like 
you know, we get into Halloween and then and then it's past and we're thinking about Thanksgiving. And I just think, you know, all All Saints Day is a pretty cool day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for us as Catholics, we go to church on All Saints Day, mm-hmm. right? No matter when it is, it's a holy day of obligation um, because of the importance of it. And I was in, in church this morning. I was looking around at the stained glass windows of this church I was at. And in the stained glass windows around the church were all, you know, different saints from different times and periods all the way, you know, you know, they had some of the disciples and apostles and, you know, all, all these, yeah, just historic, historical saints who've been around. And uh, I was just kind of taking it all in, in the context of mass. It was pretty cool. It is awesome. And I, the way I explain it to my kids and others, it's just the way I love to think about this. Cause they ask like, why is all saints day important? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, why do we do this? You know, when we get to heaven, we're going to see God face to face as he is, right? And through God, we're going to see the whole church as the church is. So like, you know, St. Uh, Maximilian Colby, we're going to see St. Maximilian Colby as God sees him, if you will. And like all of the glory of, of God that is in the life of St. Maximilian Colby, we're going to be able to see. And this moment is going to fill our heart where we see God's glory in saints. That's just going to like... I mean, it's just, it literally is heaven. I mean, it's just the joy of seeing all this, right? But we're also going to see all the saints at once, like the entire throng mm-hmm. of everybody who's ever um, been a friend of God together, worshiping God together. And if you can imagine the joy of that moment, like that is heaven, that experience, seeing God face to face, seeing all the saints at once. And uh, today we anticipate that joy of seeing all of heaven at once, like every friend of God that's ever been, whether we knew them on earth or not, we know them now, and we know them in God, and we'll know them forever. I mean, it's an amazing moment to get into heaven. And I think the church wants us to look forward to that moment, but also it's, it's now. You know, these saints are there now, worshiping God in heaven. Um, saints we've known, our mamas, our papas, right. grandmothers, grandfathers, for those that aren't Cajun. And who knows? But, you know, here's the reality, and we're going to celebrate saints today you know, our culture is so intrigued with heroes, yes, right? Yes. And we have these hero films and movies, which I, I love too, and I like to watch them, you know, the Avengers. And, you know, I grew up with Superman and Spider-Man and Batman, and then they just remade the, remake those, and then next generations grow up with them. And then Star Wars, and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we love the hero, right? And we're really into the heroes and people who fight battles for good and win good over evil, and every hero movie is literally a battle of good and evil. Yep. Right? And and they have these really good heroes who are fighting these bad heroes, basically, and uh, we're always pulling for the good hero, right? We want the good, the virtuous, the, the, the good to win. And we get behind these films, and we watch it, and we love it, and in our humanness, we're, we're all about it, and so am I. And if you're a Christian, uh, in particular, like, there there's nothing greater than a faith hero, someone who has lived out their faith uh, to its fullest, right? And we're all called to that. That you know, that's what sainthood is, right? Someone who lived their faith, who lived for Christ, right, till the day they died. And we recognize them uh, because they they left a trail, uh, a legacy of faith, you know, right behind for us to model and know. Look at that person lived for Christ, right? And 
those are those are saints that we recognize today and but we're all called to be saints we're mm-hmm. all called to live uh, heroically in our faith and that when we die we're face to face with Jesus we live in heaven everyone in heaven is a saint mm-hmm. right yeah. uh, so whether we know their names or not or whether they were famous or or left the legacy that that the world knows um, we're all called to be saints right yeah and to be victorious I think you bring up a great point like in the book of Revelation, describes this throng before God worshiping as those who were victorious over the enemy, over the trials of earth, right? Like we are in a battle here where the world, those that have rebelled against God, Satan on down, mm-hmm. um, is this is we're living in enemy territory. Like this is yeah. not our home, right? And so we're either going to leave this world victorious or not. So, you know, a lot of us just expect to get to heaven unless we do something really bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but it's not that. It's it's actually those that are heroic enough to engage the battle and stay friends of God in the midst of his enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying everyone on earth is horrible. What I am saying is there is a world that Jesus talks about, which is the enemy, Satan, who rebelled, and then those that follow in that rebellion, this exists and this is all around us. Um, both human and demonic, and the saints are those that have victory over that. In other words, they battle with this, and they they remain friends of God in the midst of all these temptations, all these trials on earth. And that's how every one of us are supposed to live. And I think the key there is they fought the battle. They weren't perfect. And Mm -hmm. and I think that's what we need to kind of throw out there, is that there was no perfect saint. We're not called to perfection, although we're we're fighting the battle. I think we all need to imagine that we're 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 living a story. Like we're in a film. We're in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's not make believe. It's real, right? There's a battleground. There's there's good and evil. And you don't have to look far to find good and evil, right? Right. Like you don't have to be like, no, nah, they're just making this up. I mean, just turn on the news. Turn on your phone. Uh, drive down the street. Like there's good things and bad things happening in the world. And as Christians, we're called to pick a side to fight, and obviously it's the side of good, virtuous, holy, loving, and we're all called to fight on that side to to bring good, to bring love into the world, uh, to bring Christ's love and forgiveness and mercy, all those things into into our battle. We wake up every day already in the scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And And each of us play a small part in that. And saints are, are just those who are saying, I, I'm willing to fight the battle. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm willing to, to engage in fighting the battle for good in this world. I think one part of today is that we know the end of the story. We know the end of the film. The end is the saints triumphant in heaven. Yeah. Right? But what we have a choice about is our participation in that story. Like, so it's, it's really kind of mind-boggling that anybody doesn't follow God. But that's the situation. We know God wins in the end, and he's winning right now. Like, there's nothing happening on earth that God does not oversee or have control over. Like, all things work together for the good of those that love God, and we all know this, right? But we need to be reminded constantly that it's worth the fight. The end is God's. So let me ask you a question before we end this segment is, would you rather be on a winning team or a losing team? Well, I would rather be on a winning It feels team. good to win. It does. Right? Even though we all want to win. Even though like like if you ever watched a game, like you can win a game, but you could still, you know, sprain an ankle, 
you could it, the the battle can be hard fought. You in know. fact, it's even better when you sprain the ankle to win. Right, that's a better memory. But <laughs> you know, like to be on a losing team over time really sucks. Yeah, right, it stinks. But to be on a winning team, like it just it begins to build confidence. It begins to build purpose. It begins to build um, this sense of I know what I'm doing, where I'm going. Um, that's what it's like fighting for the Lord, like being on God's team is, is it's not that we don't find purpose now and it's, oh, it's only going to come when we get to heaven. No, we begin to find purpose now when we engage with God in relationship and begin to fight the good fight as St. Paul talks about. All right. So when we come back, we're going to have the all saints edition. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. The all saint team. Whoa. All right. It's Paul and Adam talking art of living. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Um, I kind of want to, it's Paul and Adam talking Art of Living. Great to be with you today, bro. (laughs) Thanks for all our listeners on radio, podcast. Um, I kind of wanted to do another Have You Seen, but, but we don't have to, but I will. We don't have to play the theme music. But, okay, so we live in Louisiana. You and I, together, um, we do. We are Saints fans. Oh yeah, since like the you New Orleans be. Saints. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, if you think of all like the mascot names of teams, how creative when they came up with the name of the Saints. You know, so if you go down to New Orleans, if anybody's never been to New Orleans, downtown New Orleans is historically a blend of French and Spanish mm-hmm. architecture and faith which the Spanish historically and the French historically have is just a strong Catholic DNA, right? Mm-hmm. So all the, all the street names are saint names, mm-hmm. right? Even though there is some debauchery on the streets, <laughs> you can, there are a lot of saint names and, and churches, and so when they came up with the name for the NFL team, the New Orleans Saints, I thought... It just it, makes sense. just makes sense. And then when you watch the games, there's like people dressed up as like popes and... No, like it's just, it really just, it speaks to the culture, which is kind of fun. But anyway, um, d- the, did you see the tweet the Pope came out with a few <laughs> weeks ago, which is what I'm getting at? Uh, um, Pope Francis sent out a, a tweet, and I don't know who tweets for him, but I don't know if it's him. Yeah, I don't think it is. So someone handles his social media, mm-hmm. and they hashtagged it, Saints, right? Which, like hashtags connect you to like other tweets and and kind of it kind of archives tweets into like a certain you know i don't know you you know a little bit better than i do as a millennial um anyway but the hashtag saints connected him to like to the new orleans saints yeah it was hilarious it was pretty funny yeah they were canonizing five new saints including saint john henry newman that's what it was yes and he was like so excited about our new hashtag Saints saints or whatever but it hashtag the new orleans saints which was pretty nifty. People went nuts. They did go nuts. Because this is like the Pope's prayer. 
for the Saints, and he probably had no idea who the New Orleans Saints is. Well, the is. thing is, when we win the Super Bowl, will people attribute it to that tweet? I don't know. To his prayers? I don't know. I have I no idea. It could become a good yearly tradition, the the Saints tweet at the beginning of the football season. Right. So this is hashtag uh, the Saints edition. But, I mean, look, if I was a Pope, I, I'm probably not going to be Pope. But if I was, and I had to pick a football team to go for, to root for, wouldn't I pick the Saints? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the mascot you want, right? Yeah. Right. Maybe the Cardinals. I don't know. You know, right. like I support my Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But still, the Saints, that's what you want. Yeah. The Saints are actually Saints. The Cardinals are a bird. <laughs> so, touche. Just FYI. Touche. Um, all right. So, Saints edition. You know, when um, my kids were smaller and we go see these hero films, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly with my son. Um, after we would always, you know, a lot of times go grab lunch or whatever, we'll process the film, okay, as much as we could. And I always say, what are the characteristics in the hero that you saw in the film? Mm-hmm. So we talk, you know, oh, I saw this and, you know, this characteristic. And I say, what, well, you know, what, what characteristics do you want to draw from that to like have a part of your life? You know, like, like just let's just not throw away 20 bucks today. Like, let, let's <laughs> kind of pull from, you know, what we saw and learn. This to me is like when we look at the Saints and historically what they did and what certain Saints did on, on the earth. Like, just to see them on stained glass is it, we would be remiss to, to miss out on what they did. So, you know, to, to look at their life and say, what, what, what did they do that, that helps me, that I can pull from, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go through just ins- inspirational saint stories. Oh, man. Saints that have inspired you or other people. And, you know, look, you could do four million shows and never get through it. Because if you, true. if you got like a book of saints, it's huge. It's like a massive encyclopedia. There's saints that there's no way you would know anything about. And then you'd be like, I've never heard of that that person because there's so many. There are so many. and Which is great because people who are listening, like that's you. Your name's going to be in the book one day, not because of anything else other than you, you just said yes to following Jesus. So right on. So we're doing this. This yep. is happening. All right, well, I'll start it off. All right. I'm going to go old school for a sec. Okay. Um, St. Ambrose. All right, tell us about St. Ambrose. Here, well, there's a lot to say about St. Ambrose. The ton. bros. Was yeah. he original bro? <laughs> Him and St. Augustine were like the bros, you know, like the Mario and Luigi of the time, if you nice. will. Like um, but no, what I would love to imitate and often think about with St. Ambrose is that he he went from a catechumen to a bishop in like two weeks, meaning he wasn't baptized, he wasn't you know, participating in mass, if you will, like going to communion, to running the Church of Milan in like two weeks. That's crazy. And you might think, well, that sounds pretty reckless. And I think today that would be ill-advised, you know, if we take in an RCA candidate and say, you know what, you make a good bishop, why don't we throw you up there? Maybe. But what it does is it inspires me because there have been many times in my life where I feel like I need to keep up with God and what he's asking me to do, even though it's very quick or even though it's, you know, it seems like it may be a rash decision, but I think it is God mm-hmm. um, to trust in that and to follow that. And that for St. Ambrose, he was such an important part 
of our church's history. Like we we would not be who we are without Saint Ambrose. What he did to establish the church in Milan, his relationship with um, with the empire. Like he he set the stage for what Christianity was going to be like till now. None of that would have happened if he would have doubted this call from God that came from him so quickly and put him into leadership so quickly. And so in those moments where I think God is asking me to do something that seems a little risky or seems like, hmm. you know, St. Ambrose is a great inspiration. Right. We can sit back and make excuses, be like, ah, I need more time to think about it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we, we start thinking about all the risk or the fears. And yet in our heart, we know that God's asking us to do it. So when you're looking at St. Am- Ambrose's life, you're like, man, maybe sometimes I just, I just need to take the leap. Yes. Right? And stick to it. And that's the thing. It's... I think our generation is prone to make quick decisions and then dump them quickly. Hmm. But like St. Ambrose spent the rest of his life as the Bishop of Milan. It's not like it was a fly-by-night thing or a wishy-washy thing at all. Just because it's quick or that God's asking us to do it now doesn't mean it's reckless or like uh, unfounded. And so, yeah, I mean, especially with discerning the diaconate, to be honest, it was kind of a a quick thing like that in the sense of, when I really thought that's what God was asking me to do, I had to jump in like the next week because there was an informational meeting like the next week. So it's like, oh my gosh, am I doing this? You know, but it's something I'm learning to be faithful to and that this is just a beginning. Um, but anyway, so that's that's where I would start on my team of all saints. That's awesome. So if you're, you know, needing to make a decision or or just take the leap in something, pray to St. Ambrose for inspiration. Yes. What about you, Paul? All right, George? so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with St. Joan of Arc. I'm going to tie in the saints New Orleans, because she was from France. Right and on. she actually fought a battle called the Battle of Orleans. Mm-hmm. Right? Hey, you see the connection? The old Orleans. The old Orleans, <laughs> not the new Orleans. <laughs> right. Um, and they say St. Joan of Arc, especially for those young people or kids, uh, is that she began to have this sort of conversion and visions of God as early as age 10. Like this this real inclination to... to to be close to Jesus, right? Uh, so what we know of St. Joan of Arc, you know, what we hear a lot is, you know, she was a warrior in battle, as we're talking about heroes and inspiration, is that, um, you know, as a, as a woman then, she, you know, wasn't allowed to fight battles, right? Mm-hmm. So she would technically, you know, history would tell us or, or uh, whatever that she would dress like a man or put her hair up. They didn't know that she was a man. She would fight these battles, and then she got caught, right? And then she was... Uh, Martyred, yes, for her faith by bishops, for goodness' sake. By bishops, for goodness' sake, and uh, she, uh, it says, Joan O'Rourke was turned over to the church, who charged her with multiple crimes, including witchcraft, heresy, and dressing like a man. Um, and at age nineteen, uh, it tells us that she was put to death, right, burned alive. Um, so she's she's a patron of like. Um, People who were in the service or in the army, um, but she, you know, it was interesting. He's like from such an early age, um, she just had an inclination to fight like actual battles, you know, for the Lord. <laughs> you know, like some bravery, mm-hmm. you know, is is a huge thing when I think of Joan of Arc. Um, I don't know if her at her age I would have been as brave as her. So I think oftentimes in my life is it, whether it's bravery to to do the right thing, bravery to say the right things. Bravery to approach people, bravery to make a decision, bravery to be virtuous in in this specific time or moment, um, bravery to go against the flow or the culture, um, 
like that to me, bravery kind of sums up St. Joan of Arc. Yeah, which is wonderful because as a woman, for that bravery as your, as your defining characteristic, I think is great. It's a great inspiration for men and women. Yeah. Because, you know, I got to ask myself, I'm 34. She was 19 when she died. You don't even know how to ride a horse. Right. <laughs> I think I've held a sword once, but I didn't hit anybody with it. <laughs> so, you know. All right. Well, um, okay. I'll pick uh, St. Maximilian Colby. Boom. You mentioned him a little bit earlier. So I did. tell us a little bit more about him. But I'm not going to pick him for the reason that's obvious in the sense of like, why we talk about him today, which is he gave his life up in Auschwitz for sure. Yeah. Like that is the heroic act that we, we canonize him for. Right. Um, but before that, St. Maximilian Colby was very creative in spreading the faith at his time. Like he would, he would have these newspapers and he would use radio and he, he loved our lady. And so he was an evangelizer. Like he, he's on par with anybody. When you think of evangelization, Maximilian Colby should be on your list of people to talk to. And I, and I think about him yeah, often. And, and this is what most people don't know about his story is we usually know the end, the end mm-hmm. of his story where he was in a concentration camp, which you'll get to. But uh, he was a priest and did amazing work before he ever ended up in a concentration camp. Right. The spread of the faith and devotion to Our Lady that, that he accomplished at a time where it was not easy to do that is a big inspiration to me because... Look, it's easy to spread the faith in one sense right now in the sense of uh, the technology we have, the opportunities we have. Even the organization of the church is just so much better. But at the same time, we live in a hostile environment to the faith. So, you know, to actually have the freedom to share the gospel for whatever reason can be difficult. And when I feel that difficulty or I get discouraged, you know, I think of St. Maximilian Colby and how... You know, these people did it mostly on their own. It's not like St. Maximilian Colby had this staff right. or the support of his bishop all the time or like any of that, right? Or the internet. Or the internet. None of it. And so, But yet he accomplished a great deal and, in evangelization. So when I, when I think about the difficulties of, of evangelizing today, and, and I mean, that's, that's mostly my job, right? Like God has... has um, invited me to, to work in evangelization in the church. When I feel it's discouraging, I think of St. Maximilian Colby and others, but like the way he accomplished this evangelization in a very hostile environment, um, in a very brave way, an innovative way, like using new media, using new things for his time, you know? So he's yeah. an inspiration. And he's one of the patron saints of communications for that reason. So you're listening to this podcast. <clears throat> yeah, what did, did he it, have like a, a newspaper that like he literally started like printing yeah. material that that was like he was getting all over the country. Right. That people were reading and having conversions, coming to know Jesus. Yep. In the faith. That was him, St. Maximilian Kolbe. He had a heart for evangelization before he went and suffered and died and gave his life. And I think that blending of the two is so important because I don't know about you, Paul, but it's so easy to get wrapped up in the art of evangelizing that loving the person next to us can be difficult. You know what I mean? Like, for example, this blend of a heart for every soul, starting with the soul next to me, like my Mm -hmm. spouse, my kids, my whatever, or just the total stranger that I might meet in the consecration camp or or at work, you know, or at Taco Bell. (laughs) Like, to have a heart for every soul. There's something so authentic about that. And he proved that by the way he died, but also by the way he lived in his ministry. Yes. I mean, I think that's obviously one of the things that 
we always have to search our hearts. Or as if we're really Christian, we're called to have a heart for every soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, every soul. And this keeps us from Catholic celebrity. Catholic celebrity is always a temptation, you know? right? Like you get a podcast, you write a book, you do all these things, and it's you, you speak and people like it. And it's like, oh, well, now that's my mission. My mission is to the masses and... So it doesn't matter how necessarily. No, I mean, and every soul is like your neighbor next door. Mm-hmm. Every soul is someone living in a different country, a different race, a different language. Like we have to check ourselves, and we get very comfortable in our culture to not think about other people and loving other people. And we gotta often check ourselves: how are we loving people who are different than us? Because that's what Jesus did, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, fight me on that; you're gonna lose because <laughs> that's just the gospel. All right, so I want to come with a guy who kind of gets a bad rap. Oh. Yeah, St. Patrick. You know, okay. when you think about St. Patrick's Day, all our Irish friends are, you know, a drink fest. And, um, you know, but St. Patrick was actually a person, right? He's yes. not a holiday, right? <laughs> uh, like St. Nicholas, you know, Santa Claus. Uh, and uh, But here's interesting about St. Patrick. I, I was reading uh, more about him. Like, why? what did he do? Um, well, he did some things that, that I have never done, right? <laughs> and uh, as a teenager, he was kidnapped by pirates. Talk about heroes, right? Talk about a, a scene from a movie. Mm-hmm. He was kidnapped by pirates. How cool is that? And horrible. And forced into slavery in Ireland as a sheep herder. So he was, he was a slave, born in Scotland, captured by pirates, and then forced into slavery in Ireland. That's how he ended up in Ireland. Um, and then uh, he escaped, had a conversion, uh, became a priest and a bishop. And um, the history tells us that uh, you know he's kind of connected with snakes. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, he well, drove all the snakes all out the of snakes Ireland. out. But they're saying that's more of a metaphor for him driving out all false religions out of mm-hmm. Ireland. Like he just went through Ireland, converting the country. Right, which yeah. he needs to come back, by the way. Because <laughs> if you've been to Ireland, like they're really struggling with conversion. Of course, every country in a lot of the ways is, but there's such a history there uh, of, um, and he's sort of the center of that. Well, I love the way you say that because it's true. You know, we, we can follow the saints in a way of devotion, but the real purpose of the saints is to help us find our purpose. Yes. Like that is why they they're in our life. So like, who is the St. Patrick today? Mm-hmm. There is one. Like God never abandons his people. No. And one of the things that I pick up from St. Patrick is there's a theme within the saints is that they, they all experience some type of suffering, right? Which is what? It's human, yeah. right? We all experience suffering. And what we want to do is defer that suffering. And we just want to f- always feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. So we, we medicate that suffering. We, we, buy things, we do things, we get things, we, we, and suffering is a part of life and it's part of the Christian journey. Christ teaches us that all the saints experience suffering Mm -hmm. and to embrace that as part of your story. Yeah. Because it, it's what makes you resilient in our culture. It's what makes you fight the battle and take on an, uh, a wound and keep going and not give up. And what I see in a lot of you know, Christians is that they're just soft. There's no grit. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no sense of like, I'm fighting and I'm not giving up. I don't, you can sling an arrow at me. I can get a bullet wound, spiritually speaking. Um, 
but I'm going to keep going, right? And the sense of resiliency, I mean, that's one of the things that St. Patrick teaches me, this suffering and resiliency. I'm not giving up. This is part of my story, and I'm going to use this to catapult me to help share the gospel even more. Now, that's a great point because, you know, his story is one of God using the suffering to accomplish his will. And if he would have not embraced that, like, so for example, he he goes into Ireland as a slave, not exactly ideal circumstances. He endures a long time of probably wondering what the purpose is to all this. But then upon his conversion, he now has a very unique ability to evangelize the Irish people because he understands them. He suffered with them. He's seen, you know, he's seen the culture. He's able to go back and do it. And for us, a lot of us are living through five years, three years, ten years of a situation that's God. God's going to use later mm. to evangelize people. Bring up it's hard to have point. that sight. Bring up a great point because a lot of times we're in a situation suffering. We're like, I don't know how God's going to use this. I don't know what I'm going to learn from this. I mean, but think about Moses. You connect, you know, Saint Patrick to Moses, which I don't know if you meant to do. M- Moses was encamped with the Egyptians. He learned their culture. Uh, he, he got, you know, so when God used him to go to the Pharaoh to say, you know, set my people free, M- Moses had grown up in a foreign land and it wasn't even his people, right? Mm. And then he reconnects with, with his people uh, when he finally realizes his true identity. I mean, but God used that story to, to for something major in salvation history. Yeah. And so for a lot of us, I mean, we can grow very impatient, especially with today's culture. It's like, you don't like the people you work with? They're not treating you well? Go get a new job. You don't like, you know, the way your kids are acting or whatever? You need to fix it right away. You don't like your spouse and what they're doing? You don't like your friend? Like, yeah. you, you shouldn't take that. Get a new one, right? Right. But sometimes we're supposed to endure three, five, ten years of something so that we can then change it or be a vehicle of change that God would use. Yeah, and just asking, Lord, am I am I called here? I'm called to stay here, even though it's difficult, you know, because it, <clears throat> a situation could be difficult, but when we know we're called to be in it, then then we can endure it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, awesome. All right, so I'll pick a lady this time because we had man, lady, man. Not ooh. time for a lady. Man, there's so many to choose from. I love a lot of lady saints. I'll just have to go with an obvious, but I have to. Okay, Saint Therese. Yeah, that's not so Saint obvious. Saint Therese of Lisieux. Everybody's favorite right around here but i mean we we can learn so much from this woman that died at the age of 24 but i think about their family very often as a family man yes you know um saint therese being the last child of the family that survived at least being the baby so the parents had the collective wisdom of all their mistakes and failures that they made with the older kids and they were able to parent her in just a a very good way obviously Mm -hmm. and all the kids they're all great kids i'm just saying she kind of represents for me the what I see as a parent is like the the end goal of how I raise my kids, and I try to draw on the the wisdom her parents used, but also from just her like her family life formed her into the saint she is. It wasn't automatic. A lot of us raise our kids well, but then they go crazy, and that's there's nothing we could do about that. You know, like we did the best we could. Sure. But here's a situation where they raised their kid well. She she knew Jesus. She knew what Jesus was asking of her, and she followed with heroic generosity from like an early age. I mean, from 15, she enters the convent, right? Why? Why did she want this so bad? Because her parents had connected her to prayer. That connected her to to what it meant to follow Jesus. She had the longing in her heart 
because it was cultivated by our family life. And that just fires me up that I can, I can do that with my kids. You yeah, know? like I can, absolutely. but it's up to them. You know what I mean? Like sure. I can teach them to pray. I could teach them to have this relationship, but they need to follow generosity from a young age. Mm-hmm. Not something for later, but like now to be very generous. I think oftentimes we, you think of saints, you know, St. Teresa, Therese of Lisieux, uh, we think oh, I can never be like her, you know, and we put them on a pedestal. And I don't think we put saints on a pedestal so much because if they knew we did that, they would be horrified. Oh, yeah. Right. So it's all after they died. But we 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 want to look at their life so we can learn from it. Right. Like we instead of just saying I can never be like them. And, you know, he, here's one interesting, you know, as I was reading about um, Therese of Lisieux is that um, s- some writers say that she struggled with like anxiety. Mm-hmm. and stress and um you know that just like made me feel better you know and you know for those of you who have ever struggled with anxiety or stress i mean you, that's all of us we look at lasu and say oh she was perfect no like she had like normal life struggles and in the midst of like her anxiety like she was able to just continue to say yes to jesus right and so i, I say all that to say like you know, we can. If you're if you're listening, you're out there. You're like, okay, like I can relate. I can relate to the imperfection of the saint, and at the same time, learn from how they live their life through that. Totally. And remember, saints are not just people that have this ness about them that is like winning the lottery. It's like, oh, there's you know one in every gazillion people, or a saint. Yeah. And they they just are given that gift. I mean, there is there is truth to like God giving extraordinary grace to few. That sure. is true, you know. Like, and there are certain leaders that were appointed. I mean, I'll never be a pope. You know, right. like you know that is true. So, but the deeper truth is that saints are, saints are people who have found God's will for them and are faithful to it. That's it. Right. She found God's will for her. However, she found it through the support of her family, through her own prayer. Like she knew God wanted her to be a Carmelite nun and to. Uh, be a nun in a certain way to have a certain relationship and she just embraced it and lived it with fidelity all of us have that ability to find who god's asking us to be and just be radically faithful to that right it doesn't mean we're not going to struggle it doesn't mean we're not going to have imperfections it doesn't mean we're not going to sin but it does mean that we have the freedom to do that to find god's will for us what is he asking us to do Mm. and to follow it with generosity and fidelity we can all do that yeah no absolutely all right, so we're talking about St. Patrick. What's your give me your best <laughs> give me your best Scottish or Irish accent. I love Irish accents. Do it's you? my favorite accent. Okay. <laughs> In fact, the other last week or two weeks ago, I was on a plane, which I rarely am, but I was on a plane and there was this woman from Ireland in the row right in front of me. And they were talking about we're flying into New Orleans, so she was talking about all the things she wanted to do. I could have listened to that for hours. Just the accent. Because she she kept talking. All right, yeah? so Oh, it sounds something like this. She was talking about when we get there, I hope to do this and that. And we're going to go see that church and, and do these things. And I mean, I could just... Me lucky charms. <laughs> I could just sit there for hours. <laughs> I bet you have a really mean Scottish accent. I don't even know the difference. Oh, Irish is very light and fluffy like a marshmallow in your lucky charms. It's, it's lovely. But Scottish is rough. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. See, there you go. Now, I had a friend... Um, I'm not going to say a priest friend from Scotland. And when I was working at a church years and years ago, he was, um, he came to the United States. He did like five years as a priest here 
before he went back, you know, who's kind of on loan. Mm-hmm. And Scottish loan. Loved, loved him, but, you know, th- there's a different, there's a language barrier. Like, they speak English, mm-hmm. but, like, phrases and, like, um, maybe something we can would consider a really bad word here. They, <laughs> they don't, right? It's just kind of part of, like, talk and slang. And yeah. so we're, we're playing golf one day. And I mean, he's just like ripping these lines <laughs> that are like, like here in the United States. And I was like, and then, and then like some other group was playing and they hit a ball close to us and he just turns around and just like, just lets s- them have it, huh? lets them have it in like words that you would never use here. Right. You <laughs> know? And I was like, father, like, you can't say that here. We might get in a fight. He's like, oh, really? I had no idea. I was like, yeah, yeah. I thought I was just being pleasant. I just thought I was telling him not to hit the ball towards me. I was like, no, no. We're, like, I know I'm a big guy, but I really don't feel like fighting today. Like, Well, that brings up a saint I would like to bring up. Okay. Saint Jerome. All right. He was cranky. Give it to us. Cranky. He, he was, was known for being cranky. Yeah. The cranky saint, yeah. as they call him. If, if you're... A mood, a mood, mood swings. Here you go. But like, if all the people got together, which they did at the time. But let's say, like, you know, Jerome and the Pope, and you know, a few cardinals. They all got into a room to talk about something. They knew, don't tick off Jerome. Right. Don't get him started. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was going to be that guy. And we all have personality flaws. We all yeah. have things that are weird and awkward about us, you know. And it doesn't mean that we give up, right? Mm-hmm. And and that, you know, it's like Saint Paul talks about the thorn in the side, like in some ways like that thorn in our side that that flaw that personality flaw that it's the thing that draws us close to jesus because we know that we can't fix it yeah right all right so when we come back i got a list of saints who had imperfections and even addictions whoa hope whoa there's hope for all of us it's paul and adam we'll be right back we'll be right back the Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul and Adam in studio talking Art of Living, uh, hashtag Saints Edition. Yep. It's, We're going to uh, tweet it. We probably won't get the response the Pope got. No, but. I don't get any responses on social media. I'm not controversial enough. Yeah, you need to work on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not a huge fan. Um, of controversy. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we're talking about saints, and um, yeah, um, so for all of us out there who are imperfect... Um, Which should be most of us. Yeah, so there are saints who are not only imperfect, but there are saints who actually struggled with addictions. Like, think about that, like to mm. the point where... And, and now we recognize them as saints, right? Um, and so, like, if you've struggle with something for a long time and you think, man, there's no way out or whether it's an addiction or a personality trait, you know, we were kind of into the last segment, you know, talking about that with St. Jerome, you know, mm-hmm. he was just, you know, moody, right? <laughs> You're like, man, I've always been moody, you know, 
but there are things when we follow Christ that can um, supersede our weaknesses, right? Like you could be moody, but you can also be like extremely loving. You know, like you could be moody and kind of struggle with that. And yet that same person's like feeding the poor on the streets. And you're like, man, you know, like it's like the virtue overcomes like what's negative. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, anyway, there's this um, Saint, um, Saint Mark G, J-I, he is from China. Nice. Right? And I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. But I was intrigued by his story because I heard his story and then I looked it up. But uh, so he was, uh, uh, St. Mark G was a um, Christian leader and doctor in the 19th century. So he was actual doctor, medical doctor. And uh, he got a stomach virus and took some medication, some opioids, and he got addicted to them. Hmm. And he couldn't get off of them for like 30 years. He would struggle back and forth with the addiction. He would go to confession, he'd go to mass. Then, you know, the priest is like, you know, you got to do something. And then he would struggle some more. And then he had a beautiful family and he kept serving Jesus, even in the midst of like his relapses. And then he just kept praying that, that God would save him, that one day he would be a martyr, right, for the faith. And um, they had a rebellion in the 1900s in China. And uh, uh, his whole family, it says his, uh, um, his whole family, his, his son, six grandchildren, and two daughters-in-law uh, were all um, held captive. And he asked the captors uh, who were going to kill them all, right? Like, think about this suffering. Like, we don't even uh, – that – they would kill him last so that he could be by each of their sides so they wouldn't die alone. Wow. So he stood by each of them, praying for them, so they wouldn't die alone, and then he died last alone, right, with praying that Christ would be by his side. Dang. And the whole time in his life, like, think about that virtue. Think about mm. that, that commitment to Christ and giving his life, like, willingly. Um, and at the same time, knowing that his whole life he struggled with an addiction. Yeah. Like crazy. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who are addicted to things, substances, and it is about as discouraging as a condition can be because you're your own worst enemy, right? Like you, it's coming to terms with something you cannot control about yourself and Yet there's this always thing in you that says, well, I should be able to control it. I should be able to deal with this. Something is wrong with me that is in my control. But really, so anyway, I think this story is very... And you could have a shopping addiction. Yeah. (laughs) You could have be addicted to money. You could be, you know, have, you know, online addiction, sexual addiction. But, you know, you could struggle with like um, your OCD, obsessive Mm -hmm. compulsive. You can struggle with anxiety. Like the, the whole point is that in the midst of... You know, I think sometimes that we think in our struggles or things like that, you know, where's Jesus? And um, the the point of the point of the meeting place is that point. Like that's yeah. the meeting place of Christ is at that point. Well, I think the discouragement with an addiction is you feel very weak, but in reality, if you struggle with Christ with an addiction, you become very strong. I mean, think about Saint Augustine who struggled. He was very 
promiscuous in his mm-hmm. younger days before his conversion. That didn't define him, right? Like he had history in a past, a very sinful one. You, know, you think about people who have struggled with being promiscuous, so sexual addictions in the past. Like there, there's hope moving on, right? Like yeah. there's hope for the future. Like you, and that's that's the meeting place. Is Christ allow Christ to meet you in your imperfection and move you forward? Yeah, and the struggle you're always being prepared for that final moment. And for him, it was a heroic martyrdom, you know, with his family, which is unbelievable, right? And would he have done that if he didn't struggle for years with the addiction? I don't think so. I mean, God used the strength of the struggle to accomplish the work that is his martyrdom, and now is his glory for eternity. Would he be Would he be St. Mark without the addiction? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Right, right. So that's yeah. a cool story. Thanks for sharing that, Paul. Yep. You know any more? With addictions, well, you mentioned St. Augustine. Um, I found a venerable. Okay, who's that? Uh, which is like, how would you describe a venerable? Yeah, so there's different steps to the process to becoming a saint. And that process, by the way, has been, just like everything about our church for 2,000 years, it's been changed and altered or whatever. So currently, you your cause is opened, you become venerable. And so the, to open the cause, you have to prove that there's a devotion to this person, what they call a cult. It's not, it's not like a David Crush type stuff. It's just, are people like devoted to you as if you were a saint, you know? Do they go to a mass annually for you to, you know, for your intercession, stuff like that? So there has to be a devotion. And then somebody has to write a book of all seven virtues, faith, hope, love, uh, you know, temperance, justice, fortitude, and um, what am I missing? Was that for? Oh, prudence. And that book is like seven chapters, and it has to prove your heroic virtue in all of those. So all those put together, they open your cause, and you become venerable. So if you're venerable, that's a big deal. Don't think of it as like, you know, the minor leagues of saintness, okay? (laughs) It's a big deal. Right. You went through a process to become venerable. It's triple A. So what's the next step from venerable? Well, then it takes... Blessed? Yeah, so then there's a miracle that happens, and you become... Blessed, raised to beatified. And you could, I mean, there are other ways to become blessed or become a saint than like a miracle happens, but that's our normal route. The right. Pope could intercede and make anyone a saint. Like you could die, he can make you a saint if he wants on the spot, but that's the normal route. Right, and and we have some contemporary, you know, people, saints who have died, who who are in that process right now. Like, yeah, like Venerable Fulton Sheen. Yeah. He's had a miracle already approved. They've had some issues with where his body's going to be, which has literally held up his process. I so think they solved that, actually. They solved it, so he should be beatified within a year. Which I was in Peoria, Illinois, which is his home mm-hmm. town, where they're, they, they're moving him to, you know, because there was a lawsuit, because he, he was bishop in New York, right? And they wanted to keep him there, right? But his family wants him home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the big deal is one day there's going to be a national shrine to St. Uh, Sheen, which is, by the way, our probably our first... And American, they already have a shrine there. Yeah, yeah. Our first American male saint. We have four American saints, all women. Um, so think about that for a second. But So he, he could be our first man, American-born saint. So that's going to be an important landmark. We also have a um, blessed Silos, who's in New Orleans. Yes. Now, he wasn't American-born. Right. Uh, he moved here and died in New Orleans, actually. Blessed uh, Stanley Rother, who is a priest in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. who died in South America ministering That's to right. people who was martyred. Yep. Um, 
And so, and that's another thing. If you don't have a miracle, but you're martyred, that can make you beatified. So like this uh, St. Mark you're talking about in China, if it's recognized as a martyrdom, that makes you blessed. Like martyr and blessed go hand in hand. It's the fast track. It's the fast track. If you die for your faith, (laughs) uh, the fast track to sainthood. That's why they pray for it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in his suffering, he was like, yeah, let me die. Like St. Francis of Assisi, a little aside, but like he went to the Holy Land where the Muslims had just taken it over to talk to the Sultan, pretty much expecting not to come back. Right. I mean, that's that's martyrdom probability, like, pretty pretty probable. Yeah, your odds go up. Yeah, but he didn't. He actually touched the Sultan's heart and was able to come back. But, like, he was expecting, this is my chance. Right. Like, I'm going to get martyred, y'all. <laughs> Peace. Peace out. But he came back. Suckers. Well, there's a venerable Matt Talbot from Ireland who struggled with alcoholism his whole life to the point mm. he was... Came from a family of 12 kids, and I was reading about him, and he uh, lived on the streets. He sold his clothes, everything he had to get alcohol, and then had a conversion. And for the next 41 years of his life, he faithfully abandoned alcohol and devoted himself to daily lifestyle of work and solidarity with the poor, prayer, penance, and going to Mass. Right? So, like, he had this real addiction that he was able to, you know, through Christ, get over Right. Yeah. And uh, that's the beauty, you know, of following Christ is that Christ enters into that and meets us where we are and can begin to really change um, some of those those outward qualities um, and inward, you know, struggles into something good. And maybe that's a constant temptation for us to try to be the saint that we're not. Hmm. You know, like rather like. Like, Father, you know, Lord, I'd rather be a saint that doesn't struggle with this. And I think that's the thing is, like, I'll never be St. Francis of Assisi. First of Mm -hmm. all, I'll never do that hairdo. (laughs) Um, And I'm not called to that specific calling and lifestyle, Mm -hmm. right? And to say, well, you know, I'll never be him. But the qualities, and that's the thing, is certain qualities we learn from these heroes, right? But I think you bring up a great point is to not be the saint where we're not, but the saint that God's calling us to be uniquely us. And that's where mm-hmm. that's where we start the journey is to be uniquely who we are and our gifts and just using those to serve the Lord. But I think the point of today is to remind us that that is the path to being a hero because we started the show talking about being a hero. We might not, you know, defeat the forces of evil for good in the planet, but the path God has given us is a heroic path. He's not calling us to be less than heroes. So if if my path is to struggle with an addiction for 30 years and not get over it and to have the humiliation of that, the discouragement of that, the all, everything that brings, but like that is the path God has marked for me, if I follow it faithfully and do my best, that is heroic. Hmm. And I can be a heroic saint that way, you know? Um, but that might not be my path. But my point is that we don't, we don't choose the path God's given us or the life God wants us to live. Our choices move us along that path or not. But holiness is finding that path with joy and, and being faithful to it day in and day out. And it could include a lot of humiliating things. Yeah. My wife is listening to this show. She's probably saying, man, Paul can relate to St. Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> Our little Jerome. I knew his moodiness would make him a saint. <laughs> Seriously. But I mean that... What we think of as flaws and defects in us, we act like this surprises God. Yeah. You know, like... Like we're defined by it. Yeah, like like God's surprised that 
after all this time, I'm still X or still Y. Like, right. I still have all these things, and God's disappointed and surprised. God is not surprised by us, and he knows when he calls us to do something who he's calling. Right. That's true. Absolutely. And he does not expect us to become someone else. He expects us to become who he's calling us to be. Yeah, who we are. Dude, great show, man. We can go on for hours. We should do a heroic edition every now and then, even if it's not All Saints Day. So, All right. I'm, yeah, all, I'm all for it, Paul. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a lovely idea. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Radio or on the podcast. You can share the show on iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play. And uh, you can support the show, help us continue our efforts in ministry here. Uh, you can go to the website, discovertheartofliving.com, see all the things that we're doing and uh, our upcoming events and whatnot. So thanks, man. And uh, I hope you, Adam, become a saint today. Wow. Thanks. Talk, talk to you guys next week. God bless.